Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including house churches, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Steve Fowler. We've been doing our, this, this Crave series, uh, talking about the I Am statements uh, of Jesus, and we're hitting a pause on that, on uh, the topic of the bread of life. We'll, we'll get to that here at the end of the month, so we'll, we'll come back to the, the bread of life. Um, going in a different direction today, and you, you probably noticed in your own reading of Scripture that, um, th- that God is always inviting people to deepen their trust in him. He's just always doing this. He's always asking people to express faith. I and mean, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And, and so right when you get to the very first couple chapters of the Bible, you, you see this beginning to happen. You see uh, Adam and Eve being given a, a, a brand new world that, uh, that God has created, and he's given them authority, and he is walking with them in the garden and enjoying a friendship with them, and, and they have access to everything, and yet there's just this one thing that they aren't given to access to. It's a tree in the garden, and they're told not to eat from that tree, and this is exactly where Satan goes, because what he's going to do is he's going to try to get them to doubt God's goodness. In fact, the question that will be asked uh, to them is, you know, don't you think God is holding back on you? And this question that they're processing is actually what leads them to um, sin and usher in all kinds of brokenness in our world. You keep moving through the scriptures, you get to Abraham, he's 75 years old, his wife Sarah, they're, they're, they're up in age beyond the, the child raising years, they've given up on the dream of having a child that they so desperately wanted, but, uh, but the promise comes and God says, you're, you're going to have a child, you're going to have a son, and they're excited at age 75, they're going to have a son, and the son doesn't come until they're 100 years old. As if God is asking the question, are you still going to trust me if I don't work on your timeline? Looks, some of you are there. You've been waiting for God to move on your, you've been waiting for God to do something, answer a prayer, um, bring healing, and um, you're asking God, uh, When? Joseph is a prophetic dreamer. He has all kinds of dreams, and he's highly gifted there, but doesn't have a whole lot of common sense as he's sharing these dreams with his family. And uh, he ends up being betrayed by his brothers. Uh, he's sold into, into slavery, into Egypt, and all things kind of go bad there. And he finds himself one day in an Egyptian prison, and he has to be asking himself the question, can I still trust God when I feel forgotten? And again, Maybe you're there today, wondering if God sees you. Can I trust God when I feel like I'm forgotten? Well, Moses, he's at a burning bush, and he's being asked to be a deliverer of God's people, and yet he's thinking that God's got the wrong person. Ever been there? Uh, God's got, you got the wrong person here, and God seems to be asking him the question, will you trust me when I say I can use you? He is used powerfully by God. He goes into Egypt. He brings the Hebrew slaves out. They're in the wilderness. And as they're in the wilderness, they are starving and they are thirsty. And God seems to be asking the question, will you trust me to be your provider? 
Snakes are in the wilderness, and some of them are being bitten by the snakes, and they're poisonous, and some are dying. And God tells Moses to fashion a serpent made of bronze, put it on a, on a pole, and then if you're bitten by the snake, you're going to go look at the snake, and you, you, you'll, you'll get better. And God is saying, do you trust me to be your healer? We're finally at the border of the promised land, and now we're going to send 10 spies in. I think we can all relate to this one. That the 10 spies go in, they come out, and 80% of the news is negative. There's no way that God's going to, there's no way that this can happen. This is impossible. We've come all this way, and what, this, this is just bad. Friends, will we trust God even when the news is bad? And there is plenty of that today. Job, very wealthy man, has his wealth taken from him. He loses property. His children are killed in a tragic accident. His own health is compromised. His marriage isn't really doing super well because his wife tells him, why don't you just curse God and die? Will you trust me when I allow pain and suffering into your life? Gideon is told to be the deliverer of Israel, and the Midianites outnumber the sand on the seashore, yet God seems to be whittling down his force to about 300. God seems to be saying, do you trust me even though the numbers don't add up? Well, here's a text that I wish I could have preached on. Uh, Saul is going into a uh, cave to relieve himself. Sorry, I'm just kind of attracted to those kind of passages. He's been hunting down David, and he wants to kill David because he knows David is going to be Israel's next king. And in that cave is David and his warriors, and they're saying to David, this is the moment, this is the time that God is delivering Saul's kingdom in your hands. Saul is vulnerable. You could kill him and take the kingdom. And God is asking David the question, do you trust me enough not to take matters into your own hands? Daniel, a prayer warrior, he's in exile. An edict is passed. No more praying unless it's to the king. He's the divine one now. And if you do pray, then there's punishment. Daniel keeps praying, believing that God will protect him. Do you still trust me to be your protector? Some of you are there today, maybe in a house church. And of course, there's Jesus, who we've remembered this morning. Jesus, who comes and he's going to the cross and he's going to give his life as a ransom for many. And as if the Father is saying to him, will you trust me even when I don't protect you? Friends, the testimony of Scripture, and I could keep going through the New Testament, the the testimony of Scripture is an invitation to deeper trust from God. It's countless. It's over and over and over again because he wants us to exercise faith. And in those moments, that's when the worry and the anxiety starts to kick up in us. And can we just acknowledge that the story of the invitation to trust at a deeper level doesn't end when you get past Revelation chapter, the last chapter of Revelation. It just doesn't end there. When you close the book, the stories are still being told. The invitation is still being passed out. And can we just simply say that, frankly, in the last couple of years, this has been our experience, an invitation to trust our God more 
deeply. Oh, we're going right along like normal. January, February 2020, we get to March 2020, and we hear about this pandemic, and then suddenly uh, the, the states are beginning to shut borders and close, and we get the, the news that we can't meet in large gatherings, and so we, we're told that for 30 days, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to shut these doors, and God's saying, will you trust me when I disrupt your life? Well, then the 30 days, we all know, doesn't leave it 30 days. It ends up being 16 months before we're back in this room worshiping again. Will you trust me enough to adapt to new modes of ministry, specifically a house church? Keep going through the year and you find out that, you know, there's incredible racial strife in our land that's ignited by the the death of George Floyd. And it's almost as if with all these different opinions on all different sides of all this, it's almost as if God is asking us the question, will you trust me and be unified in a season when people you love disagree with you? Remember... June of 2021, when we didn't have to wear masks anymore? Ah, just like, okay, we're coming out. And then a month later, we're wearing masks again. And it feels like we're one of maybe two or three states in the entire nation that is a mask mandate. Will you trust me even though it's uncomfortable and inconvenient? Someone gets COVID and their experience with COVID is like, that's just kind of like a cold. It wasn't that bad. And yet someone else gets COVID and a funeral is being planned. We trust me in seasons and times when it's confusing. Friends, the invitation to deepen our trust in God is always coming our way. It begins in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. It doesn't end in Revelation 22. The stories keep being written and the invitations keep being passed out to deepen our trust in our Christ. I want to share with you what this means for you and also what it has meant for me personally in the past few months. Fall of 2019, months before the pandemic, I get a phone call asking if I would be willing to let my name be be submitted for a process to uh, be a regional leader over uh, part of our movement. Uh, We're we're one of 100 plus churches in our region. When I say our region, I mean Oregon, Washington, Northern Idaho, and Alaska. And, um, you know, I've always thought that there would come a day when I would go from pastoring a church to pastoring pastors. I just felt like it's part of my gift mix. It's part of my heart and what I love to do. And so when the call came, I thought to myself, you know, this is something I should seriously consider. So I talked to Trina about it, and she affirmed that, and we began praying about that. And then as the process continued, uh, I was told that, yep, I'm, I'm still in this process, and there's another guy who's in the process, and, um, and said, so, okay, so we continued to pray, and then I got this pit in my stomach. Uh, even though there was this sense of, I, I think this is something that I, I, I should do, I had this lack of peace, and God saying, don't do it. So not knowing all the reasons why, I made a phone call and said, sorry, I'm pulling my name out. That was December 2019, and that decision made a whole lot more sense come March 2020. 
I'm grateful to have gone through all this with you. I truly am. Um, Even though it's been a difficult, however many months it's been for all of us. Shortly after a new regional leader was, was named, his name is actually by his name Monty Wright. He was here during our 100-year celebration. He helped commission Grant and Dakota Shaw, who went to Kosovo. Uh, he was here for that, that, that celebration. Um, but recently he contacted me and said, Steve, would you be willing to consider a role in our region that is focused on renewal of churches and the revitalization of churches, led by, by, by great men and women, and um, yet there's there's, there's just a need for this plateau, there's decline, uh, things are difficult, and you know, we live in a, a fairly unchurched region of our nation, and would you be willing to give leadership there? And um, when, I, when Monty and I had that conversation, something inside me jumped. And, um, and I thought, you know, that, that really fits my gift mix. I've always, even before I was pastoring churches, I've always had this um, draw to go into places that needed to be renewed and rebuilt. And, um, and so I told him I would begin praying about that. And Trina and I began seriously praying about that. And while I was praying about that very thing and uh, noticing this jump in my spirit, one day I went on a, a walk with a guy named Jeff Brown. And Jeff shared with me um, what was stirring in his heart and that he was leaving as worship pastor. And I finished that conversation and I went home and told Trina, well, that, that answers that question. <laughs> we both can't be, can, can be, can't be leaving in the, in, the, in the same year. That doesn't make any sense at all because two most public faces that are around this place you see on weekends and to us be gone, that just doesn't make any sense until I heard Holy Spirit, say to me, do you trust me? Trina and I have wrestled with this, and I'm sharing all this with you and talking about an invitation into deeper levels of trust with you because that's the journey that we have been on. And recently, I had a conversation with um, our board, our governing board, and... um, and then most recently with staff and our elders, which, by the way, you need to know that you have some really fantastic leaders around this place. They aren't just leaders of churches, they're friends of mine. And there are not many pastors who can say that those that they lead with in governing boards and elders and staff are friends. That is my, my experience in this place. So I shared with my friends in all those different leadership circles that after praying and wrestling with this invitation, um, we said yes, that we believe that God is calling us to take on this role in our region to um, be used, hopefully, Lord willing, to bring revitalization and, and renewal. Um, And I told our leaders that, and I'm telling you today, that uh, January 16th of 2022 will be my last day as lead pastor here at Sam Alliance Church. We're not moving. We're staying in Salem. Trina is still going to be leading the way at the clinic. But um, 
But we are leaving in a sense, because I'll no longer be lead pastor. There are some things that I want to make sure I say to you today um, and that you hear from me. You know, um, most people don't like change. I don't know if you realize that or not. And it isn't necessarily just simply because of change. It's because change typically means loss. So many of you have experienced differing levels of loss this past 18 months. And um, there's something in us that, uh, well, we all have our different ways of responding to loss. Uh, And I'll just put this on the screen because I think it's important to, to understand that in times of loss, the testimony of the scripture is a call to lean into God, not away from him. Can I just highlight this for a moment from our own history? We just celebrated 100 years as a church. And I believe that in the 100 years, we could quickly go back, flip through that booklet that was made, or go back to that video that was played, and I think you could easily pick out moments of celebration in the last 100 years. Moments where we were like, yes, the kingdom of God is advancing. Yes, this is such good, this is such good news. At the same time, I think you could clearly point to moments in our church's history where you could say, that was so hard. 1937, a roof caves in. And the moment that roof caved in and the moment the church attempted to regather, 70% of the church didn't regather. Only 30% of the church returned. Can you imagine for a moment where Salem Alliance Church would be today if those 30% had not continued to lead in? But they didn't give up. They, they, they leaned in and we're the, we're the recipients of that blessing. Friends, in times of loss, the testimony of Scripture and the testimony of faithful ones is to lean into God and deepen our trust in Him. Here's the second thing I want to say to us today. We are a Christ-centered church. We are not a pastor-centered church. We are a Christ-centered church. We are not a pastor-centered church. This church has never been about a certain personality. This church has always been about people that God has called for seasons of time to come and serve him and serve and love the church faithfully in whatever season that might be. In fact, Scripture speaks to this pretty clearly Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 5, is dealing with a young church that has his own immaturity issues. He says, when one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? I mean, after all, who's Apollos and who's Paul? And we're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. We're a Christ-centered church. We're not a pastor-centered church. It doesn't mean that when pastors come and go that there isn't grief and there isn't pain. I can assure you that when Don Bubna and Dee Budna stood before the church and shared that they were leaving decades ago, that there was grief in the room, but then God brought Morris Dirks. And Morris led fantastically, but I can guarantee you that when Morris and Ruth stood up and they told the church that they were moving on, that there was grief in the church. And God provided Matt Boda for a season of two years to serve as interim, and then God brought John Stumbo. But it's never been about John Stumbo or Matt Boda or Morris Dirks or Don Bubna or Steve Fowler or anyone. It's been about Jesus. 
This is who we are. One more thing I want to share, but before I do, I want to invite Mark Bletcher, our board moderator, to come join me up here, as well as Linda Myers, our executive pastor. Because I, I do want you to hear this last point quite clearly. And it's simply this. There's no story here other than a story of God calling me onto something new. There's no other story going on. Steve isn't mad at leaders. Steve isn't fed up with emails. Steve isn't, you fill in the blank. There's nothing, somebody, wait, hold on a second here. Um, didn't Rob Childs like leave and the beginning of the pandemic and didn't Jeff Brown leave and now Steve Fowler's, oh, these pastors are leaving. There's got to be something going on. We got these three data points and then we start writing stories in our head to connect dots and we become pretty excellent in creating conspiracies of what's going on and they actually aren't going on. I want you to hear from me crystal clear and I think you have known throughout the years that I will speak directly to issues I don't beat around the bush I think secrets are the worst there's nothing going on here other than a call of God on Trina's in my life to follow him in this dream of injecting the DNA of Christ in the churches where lost people are found Injecting a DNA into churches where people rely on the power of the Spirit because it's not by might, it's not by power, but my Spirit, says the Lord. Spirit-empowered churches. Injecting the DNA by raising up the age-old foundations of men and women who image God being released into local church ministry. This is some of the things that God's calling us to. There's no story other than that. I'm going to pitch it to you, Mark, and let you take some of us from here. Thank you, Steve. Many of you are feeling what I felt when Steve first shared this with me, and it's a shock, it's a blow. You may be asking, what are you doing, God? And uh, I think that's what he wants us to ask him. Um, Steve, you are so right that we are, we are a Christ-centered church. We are not a pastor-centered church, but it still hurts a lot because we love you so much. Um, what God brought to me right away after I heard the news was, you know, Steve Fowler hears my voice. He hears me when I speak to him. He's answering a call. And what he assured me of was, if God's spoken this clearly to Steve, he's also speaking to us as a church, that he has something new for us. And that was a big encouragement to me. He also gave me a verse the next morning that was so clear. It's Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It, said, it says from Paul, Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's been a huge encouragement to me and a reminder because there are times when, when the pain still comes or the anxiety tends to come. That's a verse that I've held on to. You will find as you're thinking about this 
There will be scriptures that come to you that will have new meaning to you in the light of what our church is facing. Listen to that. Listen to what, is God, what God is doing. That's where we are as a church. But today we, we will grieve. We hurt. That's okay. God is in this. God does something good and it hurts. And we can accept that. I think acknowledging the continuum of emotions that comes along with an announcement like this is vitally important. Um, I've been present in the room when you have shared this news with governing board uh, and with staff and with other church leadership and um, remembering that initial sense of sadness, just, just shock and and disappointment, anxiety, all of these things that come on this continuum and acknowledging that everyone in this room is going to follow some sort of continuum of their own at their own pace. So I've had, is it an advantage? I guess it's an advantage that I've known for a bit. Um, But I've had the opportunity to process through some of that. And what I want to say to you as you continue to process is there is a point where the hope and the anticipation of what you have said yes to um, is very encouraging. I, I think of the time that we've worked side by side and, that, and the way that I have seen you pastor staff and shepherd people and the gifts that you have, those God-given gifts that you, when you walk alongside me, when you walk alongside other people, that gift now goes to pastors in churches across our region. So someone said this morning, there are people that follow Jesus outside this church, and so we can't be selfish with you. And uh, one of the other phrases that I love is, we are ascending church. So as we process this between now and January, this is just another example of us launching someone into a ministry. And I'd like to speak to what is a natural thought for many of you. What's next? And I just want to affirm to you that God's timing in this is just amazing. We have just celebrated 100 years as a church where God has been at work and has done great things. He's going to continue to do that. He has given us a mission and a vision for a city at peace with God. And and God has got this. And he's leading us into a process that we're going to talk about later. We're not really served well to spend time talking about our plans or process today. But be assured that the board has been listening. We're going to be listening to God. We'll share more about it with you in future weeks. Today, let's listen to God for what he has to say to us today. Thanks, Mark. How are you doing? (laughs) Trina, would you come join us up here? Um, Steve, how can we pray for you? Yeah, I think the the things that have been on my heart um, have been um, you, the church. <laughs> we love you guys. And so this is, you don't walk away from something like this. And so there's a part of us that's like, are we the most two stupidest people in the world? Uh, yes. <laughs> the 
It was a verse that God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and yeah, there's all that. We just love you guys beyond probably what you even understand. Um, and so I, I just prayer for the church, Linda, in this season. Prayer for a healthy goodbye. I know staff have heard this. I know board have heard this. But I, maybe you haven't heard this. But you can't have a healthy hello anywhere until you have a healthy goodbye from someplace else. And actually, if you think about some of the places you might even find yourself stuck in life, sometimes it's because the goodbye just didn't happen the way it should have for you. And you had no control over it. But in a process where we do have control, I just want to do it well. So that'd be the two things come to my mind. Church, would you stand with us? And I'll pray for Steve and Trina. Lord, we declared this morning in song that you are good and that you never let us down. And so we claim that this morning and in these coming days and weeks and months. Lord, protect Salem Alliance as you have for a hundred years, as we have stood on this corner and been a light and a beacon for this city for you. Lord, you know what is next for this church, and I just pray that our body would be unified, that we would seek you on our knees, and that we would be a people that listen. And Lord, for Steve and Trina, all of the emotions that come with today and the steps in the journey to get to the middle of January, Lord, would you allow them to feel deeply and yet protect them from from wounds or, or being overwhelmed in the emotion, Lord. A healthy goodbye hurts, and yet it's important. So, Lord, throughout scriptures, we've been reminded that you ask us, do we trust you? And so today we declare that we do indeed trust you. You are still on the throne. You are still in control. And when things don't make sense or when things aren't the way we want them to be, we stand and worship you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.